It's a story of Rudyard Kipling. Rudyard Kipling was a famous author, if you know the story of the Jungle Book, and um, if you watch the Disney cartoon. And uh, he was famous even before he died, and a British poet, British, British author, who was uh, well off, way before, um, you know, well off for his time. In fact, um, one of the reporters came up to him and, and said, hey, Mr. Kipling, um, do you realize how valuable your worth, and he said, I have no idea. He said, well, it's been calculated that for every word that you've written, um, every word is worth $100. That's how rich you are. And he's like, man, I've never, I've never picked up on that. And the reporter was like, well, hey, listen, I've got a, I've got a, you know, a, a test for you. He pulled out, his, uh, pulled out of his pocket a $100 bill. And then he gave it to Mr. Kipling. He said, I want you to give me one of your famous $100 words. I saw Roger Kipling look at the $100 bill and thought about it for a moment. He folded the $100 bill, put it in his pocket, looked at the reporter, and says, thanks. A $100 word right there. You know, the word thanks, you know, in our culture should be a million-dollar word. And today I want to talk about gratitude. Today I want to talk about being grateful. In fact, when you think about gratitude and gratefulness, I think about the opposite of gratitude. I think for a lot of us, uh, we would understand that uh, 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 the opposite of a thankful heart is a ungrateful, discontent, um, dissatisfied, critical, negative. Now, speaking of negativity, uh, how many of you are aware that we live in a very negative world? I mean, it's everywhere you go, right? We, we live in a negative world. It's very critical. It's amazing to me how people everywhere, all the time, it seems like people want to be critical, negative. They want to pick things apart. They want to find what's wrong instead of finding what's right. Complaining is now an art form. Some people, I would argue, almost have the spiritual gift to complain. They can find anything to complain about. Now you go to a fast food restaurant, you walk up, someone serves you, they cook your food, they bring it out to you. If it takes over three and a half minutes, you get livid. You know, you, 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 you're mad. I can't believe how long it took them to cook my hamburgers and fries. It took them over three and a half minutes. We open up a refrigerator full of food and we close the refrigerator door and we complain We've got nothing to eat. We turn on the television with 112 stations. We flip through all the channels. And at the end of it, we complain that there's nothing to watch. We, we go into our closet. We touch all of our clothes. And we would walk out of the closet complaining, I've got nothing to wear. It's amazing to me how blessed we can be. And yet at the same time, we can show how ungrateful we are. Now, many experts say that gratitude is the value to unlock so many other positive values in our lives. Gratitude makes you generous. Gratitude makes you encouraging. Gratitude, you know, makes you grateful. And the tragedy is that for many people, they never will experience the true heart of being grateful. I want to show you a, a, 
a, a, couple story, a couple passages of scripture in Exodus. You know this story, the Israelites. The Israelites have been under bondage, you know, in Egypt for 400 years, a long time. And, 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 and finally, a God, God sent a man named Moses to deliver them out. And, and through the power of God, they've seen the template, you know, the, the power of God was revealed to the people of God and to the enemies of God. And, and, and finally, God, you know, they, you know, they get out. And they're leaving. And Moses lead them to the promised land, which was only supposed to take two or three years. And, then, and along the way, they stop at the Red Sea, and the Red Sea blocking them, and, 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 and God provide a way. God split and divides the Red Sea into half, and they walk across the sea on dry ground. And at the same time, when the Egyptian armies were chasing them down, going down that same path, you know, right down the middle of the Red Sea, God collapsed the water and drowned and destroyed the Egyptians. And so we go into that next chapter, chapter 15, uh, chapter 14 and 15, and they're praising and they're worshiping God, thanking God for the blessing, thanking God for salvation, thanking God for the rescue. But then something happened. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 16, and then look at verse number two. In the desert, the whole community grumbled. They complained against Moses and Aaron. And this is what they said. It's mind-blowing to me. But they said to Moses and Aaron, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. They said, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But Moses, you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. They complain. They have forgotten what God has done. Now, God responded to Moses and said, okay, I'm going to send manna from the heaven. And when they wake up in the morning, they're going to find manna. Manna was, uh, some believe it's bread. I personally believe that manna was a hot and ready donut from Krispy Kreme. <laughs> okay, that's just what I believe, all right? And God took care of them. They had their bellies full. They were fine. Okay, all right. Chapter 17. They're walking along. They're thirsty. They've got nothing to drink. And then all of a sudden, again, they forgot again the Krispy Kreme donuts. They forgot again what God had done. Cloud by day, fire by night. They've forgotten all of this. And by the way, cloud by day, fire by night was still happening. This was still happening. And they forgot again. Well, chapter 17 and 30, the Bible says in, uh, that they quarreled with Moses and give us something to drink, water. We need water. And, and the Bible said in verse 3, and the people were thirsty for water, and they grumbled against Moses. And they said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? 
and complain. And, and, and in fact, if you study the scripture 14 times on this journey, from the time they left Egypt to the time they make it to the promised land, which was supposed to be a two to three year journey, now turned into 40 plus years. 14 times do we see Israelites complaining. And they've seen it all. It's hard to imagine people grumbling, complaining, mumbling after seeing miracles upon miracles upon miracles, being delivered from slavery, being saved from the hands of the Egyptians. It's hard to imagine. But they did. They were delivered, yet they forgot about their gratitude, and it moved them to the low point of doubting God. Let me ask you this. How often do you forget that God is the God that parted the Red Sea, the creator of all, that the God that we serve, the God that watches over us, he knows the, the very hair, the numbers of hair on your head combined in this room. He knows it all. And how often do we forget how, do, how often do we forget that he sent, that God sent his only son, Jesus, to die for the sins of the world? We forget too, don't we? Oftentimes we show ingratitude by grumbling, complaining, muttering under our breath, the mumbles. We have that critical spirit coming out, that negative spirit that comes out. Do you doubt or do you stay grateful for God? And so today I want to talk about how you and I can have a heart, a mindset of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. And I'm going to give you three statements, three big, giant statements. I believe that if you can just get a hold of this and, and, and claim it, that it will help you overcome a negative spirit, a complaining spirit, an ungrateful heart, and I have a mindset of gratitude. Three statements. I hope that you will say it and we will declare it. Statement number one. I know that every good thing I have comes from God. I hope you write that down. I hope you put it on a sticky note, put that on the dashboard of your car, on your mirror, maybe put it on your laptop screen to remind yourself over and over and over again that I know that every good thing that I have comes from God. James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above. We need to understand that. We need to understand that every good thing we have actually comes from our good God. Now, you may say, well, Scott, I work for this, and I earn this, and there may be some truth to that, right? However, you need to understand that every place that you succeed, you are succeeding with the gift that God has given you. God is the giver of all good things. When you look through the scripture, when you run through a list of what people are able to accomplish and what they had, God was always the author 
and the giver of everything they had. For example, I think about Noah. We talked about Noah a few weeks ago. God gave Noah a plan to build the ark, to build the ark, therefore saving his family. God gave the Israelites, right, a cloud by day, fire by night to direct them through the promised land. God also gave them manna, right, Krispy Kreme donuts. God gave David a stone to kill Goliath. God gave Jonah a fish to swallow him up and take him safely to the shore. God gave a young teenage girl, Mary, the, the, the faith to say yes and to give birth to the Savior of the world. God gave the wise men a star to lead them to Jesus. God has given us the Prince of Peace, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Lion and the Lamb, the Savior of the world. God gives you a supernatural peace that goes beyond our human ability to understand. God gives us his Holy Spirit to comfort us, to guide us, to convict us, to, 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 to counsel us. God gives you his word to direct you. God gives you health to bless you. God gives you friends to love you. And God gives you a life that you use, that you have to glorify him in everything that you do. Every good thing we have comes from God. And we need to understand that God is completely good, that God is constantly good. He is unchanging good. God would never be not good. God cannot be less than good. Everything our God does is good. Do y'all believe that this morning? Amen. God is good. And when we embrace the fact that everything that we have is a gift from God, it begins to change our mindset. It begins to change our attitude. Instead of an attitude of entitlement, we embrace an attitude of gratitude which overflows into other positive attributes of our lives. And so, number one, we need to say it, we need to declare it, that I know that every good thing I have comes from God. But here's the second statement this morning that we need to take hold of, that we need to say it, and we need to declare that I would not let what I want rob me of what I have. I would not let what I want rob me of what I have. I don't know what you want this morning, but I do know a lot of people want a better car, a different house. People want to do a little travel, want some different clothes. Some of us want a granite countertop because your food doesn't taste good on that old laminate top. <laughs> I want this. God, I want that. I need this. I wish to have this. I want this. I want that. And we go on and on and on and on. Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes chapter 6. He says in verse 9, better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. This too is meaningless, a chasing up for the wind. I, I love that first sentence. Better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. In other words, 
better to embrace what God has given you than to always want something more. What you have is better than longing for something else to make you happy. If you're taking note, gratitude, when you have this gratitude mindset, it turns whatever we have into enough. That's what gratitude does. It turns whatever we have into enough. We become content. We become content. It's something to think about. It's not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people who are happy. Let me say that again. I want, I want that to choke in from the back row to the front, okay? It's not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people who are happy because better is what the eye sees than a roving of the appetite. I, I, maybe you can relate. You know, maybe you can relate with this. You know, I, I go to a restaurant, and I, there used to be a part of me, believe it or not, I, I used to be 150 pounds, and I would get the 32-ounce steak, you know, and I could eat it. And people were like, how, you're so skinny, Scott, how can you eat a, you know, massive steak? And I, I just had the metabolism to do it. And nowadays, I look like I could eat a 32-ounce steak, <laughs> but I can't. And my metabolism has slowed down. My appetite, is, now I have the appetite, but I don't have the, the, I don't have the, the aptitude to finish it. And so I get the, you know, so I sometimes say, you know, I'm going to get the 16 or the 18 ounce steak, and I realize that I can't finish it. My appetite got bigger than my eyes, you know, and uh, or, 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 or my eyes got bigger than my appetite, something like that, whatever. Y'all get with me? And, and he's just like, man, and, uh, and so I find myself ordering the 10 out steak, you know, what's just, you know, uh, what's, some of these, some restaurants, have the, the, they have the cowboy steak, which is the 14, 16 ounce steak, and then you get the cowgirl steak at 10 ounce. I'm like, I'll take the cowgirl, you know, it's just a feel so, I'll take the cowgirl steak at 10 ounce. Because I, I, I understand my appetite, even though I want the cowboy, I can't handle the cowboy anymore. Sometimes we, we want what we, what we think we want, but it doesn't bring satisfaction. Better is what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. So I'm not going to let what I want rob me of the blessing that I already have. I want you to think about, I want you to think about what you have. What do you think about this? Just the normal person here today, most of you will probably can have this. If you want it, you can have three meals a day. If you want it, you can have four meals a day. If you really want it, you can have five meals a day. I wouldn't recommend the five meal option, you know, but uh, you know, if you want it, you can have it. In fact, you can go to, you can go to a place. You can serve from a menu and someone, you know, can bring you your food to your table. Most of us can do that today. Almost everybody here, you've got a bed to sleep in. You've got clothes that you can put on on your back. You have a roof over your head. 
Most of you, you got more than one pair of shoes. When most people in the world don't have a pair. And, and listen, we got a pair of shoes for anything and everything. We got a pair for work. We got a pair for house. You know, house shoes. We've got gym shoes. We, we've got high heel shoes, work shoes. We've got shoes all over for all the occasions. Many of you have a car to drive. By the way, if you have a job, you're, you're blessed. Even if you're making minimum wage. If you're making minimum wage, you're making about 32 times the average wage of half the people alive today in the world. And yet, for most of us, we have all these things, all these things, and we're miserable. We're not content. We want more. We're not satisfied. We want more and more and more. Most of you, most of you have a phone that does things besides just talk. You can FaceTime. It's incredible, isn't it? it, it can, you can put some buttons. You can send a signal to the heaven, and it comes back down, and a push of a button, you can have a pizza delivered to your house. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing to me. We could have do that 20 years ago. Most of us were, were, were so blessed. Listen, most of us were so blessed that you actually upgrade things that are working. Think about this. It's working, but there's a newer, better working thing out there. And so you take your working thing, it works fine. And you upgrade it with a better working thing. I mean, listen, that's how incredibly blessed we are. We are so blessed. Most of us have traveled somewhere in the last year or so. Most of you got great friends around you. And all of these things we're so blessed with, and yet I've seen so many people discontent. We're, we're, we're not satisfied. And, and if that's you this morning, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's you, maybe, maybe I'm speaking to all of us, you know, and every now and then, it would it'd be a great idea. I've done this several times in my life. It'd be a great idea to go to a third world country, an underdeveloped country, and, if, you know, and go there and just look at people who don't have anything. And just feel sorry for a little bit. Just watch them. But here's what's going to happen. As you begin to feel sorry for them, you begin to see something a whole lot different. Your perspective begins to change. You begin to see that they have something that you don't have. They've got time with their kids. They've got spiritual hope. In fact, I've seen, when you go to the third world country, I've seen people so reliant on God. I mean, here, we, we've got, hey, we're, we're relying on God, but we, we've got to, for the most part, in our mindset, in third world countries, they are relying on God. They actually pray for a good harvest, because if they don't have a good harvest, they don't eat. And they've got spiritual hope. They've got this peace that's way different than anything we have, and instead of feeling sorry for them, all of a sudden, you're feeling sorry for yourself because you have so much. And yet, at the same time, we have so little. And at the same time, we see them 
They have so little, yet they have so much. It's not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people who are happy. It's a gratitude that turns what you have into enough. That's the third statement. And I hope that this will land with that. I hope that we'll declare this last statement to help us to have an attitude of gratitude and to I'll turn every blessing I have into praise. I'll turn every blessing into praise. We're going to turn every blessing that God has given us, all the good things that he blessed us with, we're going to give it back to him in an act of worship, and we're going to praise his name. You know why we do that? If you take a note, every time we don't turn a blessing back into praise, it turns back into pride. Let me say that again. Every blessing that we don't turn back into praise, it turns into pride. If we're not careful, we start to have this, look what I did. Look what, look what I'm doing. Look what happened to me. And we take all the credit. We take all the glory. And we forget the good thing that God has done for us. If we don't turn blessing into praise, it, it turns into pride. And we start having a mindset of entitlement. Hey, I deserve more. You know, I deserve better. And I go to church all the time. God, hey, I, 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 I give. I serve. I deserve more. I, it, it, why, why is it happening to someone else who hasn't done anything for, for God and they seem to get more blessed than I do, and we become, we become cynical, right? Entitled, prideful. When we don't turn a blessing back into praise, it turn into pride. Look at David, what David, the psalmist, in Psalm 53. Notice what he said to God. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied. Man, you should underline that. Fully satisfied. As with the richest of food. With singing lip, my mouth will praise you. God, I, I will be fully satisfied. Because you're so good. You're so good to me. Psalm 103, I pray that this become the cry of your heart. Psalm 103, verse 1. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Don't go down the path of the Israelites. Don't forget the good things he has done for you. And notice what David says next. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death 
and crowns me with love and tender mercy. And he fills my life with good things. That's the God we serve. Don't forget. Today I challenge you to live a life of gratitude. Do not wait to be happy so that you can be grateful. Be grateful now so that you can experience true happiness. Remember that God gives good things to all of his children. Never let what you want rob you of what you already have because you've got blessings upon blessings upon blessings. I challenge you to turn turn those blessings back into praise because every blessing you don't turn back into praise will turn into pride. And at the end of the day, all that I am is one who's been forgiven. And because of that, I will praise his holy name through all eternity. In just a minute, we're going to have our time of communion. And in our time of communion, there's an opportunity for us to reflect back to not forget what God has done in our lives. And we're going to remember the sacrifice, the body that was broken for us and the blood that was shed for us. And we're going to thank God for the blessing. My friend, listen, if salvation is the only good thing that ever happened to us in this life, that should be enough. And it is. But he blessed us with more than that because he is a good, good father. Our heavenly father, we ask you help us today. Help us to transform our negative, critical mindset And to remember that all good things come from you. And that what we have is enough, that we should be content. But God, help us to turn every blessing that you have given us, turn it back into praise. We are so incredibly grateful for salvation. And God, I pray you prepare our hearts for the next few minutes as we thank you for the sacrifice, for dying on our cross for me and for every person here. May we never forget the good things you've done for us. And you will continue on until we meet you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen.